Tracy Burns. I'm a financial advisor with UBS, and I'm really proud of this podcast because you're going to learn five things and move on. We all have things to do, but I am on this mission to help women through divorce, through transition, to basically empower them. I have a super soft spot for female founders, entrepreneurs, and small businesses. And of course, closing this wage gap, I have three teenagers, two are girls. I have a personal interest in that as well. So consider this podcast a small piece of helping us get there. Um, and before we dive into our next guest, I really encourage you to listen to our previous podcast. There have been some really cool topics we covered. Five ways to create your own opportunity. Five ways to lead remotely, because that's still a thing out there. Five reasons why cash is queen and forever will be. And of course, five reasons why you need a mentor in your life. And there's plenty of others, so please check it out. I'm really excited about today, though, because... We have to talk to all generations of women. And when we lift one of us, we lift all of us. And so our next guest is is out there representing the young female leaders that are about to take over the world. Alexa Curtis, Life Unfiltered, tell us your story. Thank you so much for being here. At 23 years old, why are you so passionate about helping women your age? Tracy, it is such an honor to be here with you today. You are literally such an inspiration to every single woman out there and just anyone in general. So thank you for having me. Oh, you're sweet. Thank you. Oh my gosh, you are sweet. Um, I, uh, I grew up with very little money, no connections, super small town, and always felt this like pull and kind of want and desire to do something bigger with my life and really honestly not... Uh, see other young people grow up with a lot of the trauma and the tribulations that I did. So I started a blog back in 2011 and over the past 10 years have built it out into this lifestyle platform for young adults. And I also started a summit program and recently wrapped a show on Radio Disney. So the whole concept is just truly continuing to inspire people to be fearless like I was and always follow their dreams. But why do you think your generation even needs this pep talk? Because to me, I feel like when you're young, you have the world at your fingertips. It's when you get older that you start to get scared and question. And you're like, I got to take care of the kids. I don't know if I should take this financial risk. Right. When you're young, there is no glass ceiling in your world. So why did you see a need to go out and start cheerleading your peers? That's such a good question. And it's actually quite the opposite, Tracy. And the reason why is because due to social media, and I mean, I know you and I have a little bit of an age difference in between us. I'm 23. But when I was growing up, social media wasn't even as big in 2011. When I started my blog, it was just a website. There was no Instagram. So the rise in obsession with social media has created this culture of young adults who are still getting out of high school and not knowing what to do, going to college and studying something that will never help them get a job. Yet so many of them are still obsessed with this idea and concept that they can become viral or famous via the online, via anything online. And that's the easy way out. And so I think for me and the company that I am building and have built up until now, I really showcase how you do not need to go viral to be successful. That is not a common path. And that being said, going to college and still being traditional in a sense, you know, doing things different than I did because I didn't go to college is not a bad thing. But many of these young adults that I speak to every day are more lost than ever because they don't know what path to go down. If anything, there's so many options. Yeah, I agree. And I do think that 
the pandemic has not helped the situation. My, even my youngest and I were talking about the other day. She's like, she said more and more, you see words like I have anxiety. I'm depressed on social media. She said people are outwardly seeing it. It's almost like they're calling for help. Um, but now more than ever, people are, like you said, down this rabbit hole that they can't get out of. Yeah. And it's so unfortunate because a lot of parents also, they don't know what to do. I mean, I look back at even when I was growing up, any form of online bullying or even comments on my blog, my mom was completely clueless. So I think of fast forwarding it today with all of the access to social media. I mean, the older generation, even the millennials, they didn't grow up with this either. So they don't even know what to say to their kids. And it can be honestly quite scary. Oh, God, yeah. And I think about it, too. I'm sure I've missed hundreds of things with my kids. But I love this notion. And we're going to get into your your five ways to be fearless. Like, Because I, I see it, of course, from a financial side, too. Women, young women, one need to be fearless enough to think about what they, you know, starting businesses like you do, like you did at such a young age. And, and that also fearless fearlessness comes with investing and saving and being smart about your future. So I'm going to dive right into the, your first thing, do something small every day that gets you out of your comfort zone. I love that. Tell us what you mean by that. So when I had my show on radio Disney, and that was really the first big yes that I had ever gotten because I had never worked or done anything corporate, I really started realizing how people look at this word fearless and think that it's something that really means that they need to go skydiving or they need to go run. (laughs) And I really, that's not what being fearless is. Being fearless can be taking the smallest, most simplest step towards getting out of your comfort zone in return, finding something new out about yourself. And that's how you lead a fearless lifestyle. That's how you will land your dream job. That's how you will meet the love of your life is the more that you get to know about yourself, the more opportunities that will present itself to you that you'll feel like you might not have wanted to take in the past. And now you want to take them, you know, take advantage of them. It could even be asking a question that you feel like is quote unquote dumb right? Like be fearless and ask about something that you don't understand because who knows what you will learn from that. I agree. And asking questions is so amazing and so critical and and people forget to do that because, you know, there's a sense of embarrassment or like, should I ask this? Is this a stupid question? No question is a stupid question. Right. Because that's your second point. The minute you feel uncomfortable, do it because that means you have gotten out of your comfort zone. Exactly. Exactly. And it's very plain and simple. I mean, the minute you're like seeing yourself, oh, go down that path of this scares me or I'm uncomfortable. I always like to say, just say yes and go for it. You never know how it will evolve. And that's one of your points too. I love that. Like, you know, someone presents you with an opportunity or wants you to work on a project, just say yes. And then back into it. Because I think that we oftentimes, especially women, Women make sure that we have to check all the boxes in order to fit the role. And oddly, men don't do that. Men just dive in. And I think we, we could learn from that. Yeah, we can. And I love how much of an emphasis you obviously put on finances. I mean, that is your career because you look at the finance industry in general and you think that it's a predominantly male-driven industry. You're not seeing as many powerful, badass women like you standing up in those rooms. And so all of these different industries and sectors, you don't need to be an entrepreneur to stand up and speak your mind and what you want to accomplish in the world. Yeah, especially because I think like my daughters, I think your generation also 
hasn't truly experienced the inequities that are still out there um, between men and women, especially as you get higher up. And I pray that by the time you are, you know, CEO, president of the United States, because you're on, certainly on track to do that, Alexa, um, that there is no more, there, there is no such thing. And the glass ceiling is in the history books, but, but it is still out there. And I just, I think it's amazing that you are pushing these women into, into spaces that are uncomfortable, but really will propel their futures. I agree. Thank you. And I mean, having started this company and, and starting it from the beginning is just a hobby and now being the CEO of it, I've been able to evolve myself and learn and make so many mistakes, so many mistakes I've made. And it's a phenomenal thing to look back on your mistakes because you just realize how much growth comes from them. Without mistakes, you're literally nothing. That's that's like that should be on a t-shirt. Um, what? <laughs> we should we should make that a t-shirt. Um, you. Your third point is about uh, actually it's your fourth point about joining new groups, meetup, Eventbrite. How did how did you get yourself out there in the beginning? So when I first started the blog, I was twelve, and then I managed to start getting myself invited to fashion week by just like emailing people online and finding public relations emails. And this is back when everyone was still going to New York fashion week, 2013, 2014. And then I never envisioned myself like running my own company. I really didn't expect it to evolve into anything like that. And then when I was a freshman in high school and was completely failing out, I just did so poorly in school. I made a LinkedIn page and started getting contacted by so many different companies who were looking for people to do their social media. And so from there, I started realizing I could utilize platforms like Upwork and Fiverr and even a secret tab that I found on Craigslist to start making some side money and do some work for other people at the same time. Uh, and so that was really that was really how I started connecting with people. And I mean, going to a lot of different events, I, I, I was just I guess truly so fearless. I mean, I would sneak out of class and like find someone to give me a ride to the train in New Haven. I would take buses from Hartford. I just number one knew that I was never going to be able to survive in a small town. But even more importantly than that, I just knew that I wanted to do something more and uh, eventually inspire people. That's amazing. Because I think about the, so many kids who were your age when you were hopping buses and your mother probably had no idea you were doing this, by the way. And, um, you know, they were like, well, I'm a student. I have to go to school. I'm probably on some team. So I have to go to practice. And then that's their world. There was no thought of a side hustle. There was no thought of something bigger down the line. Do you think that's something that was in you? Or is it something that we need to be teaching our kids because they all should have some sort of hustle? Hmm. I don't know. I find myself to be very old school in the way that I think about this type of career trajectory. And I think due to social media, there's a serious glamorization and an appeal to entrepreneurship. And that's not what it is. And because you're just seeing a lot of people online getting hundreds of thousands of followers for literally posting a pretty picture or they have a big butt, as stupid as that sounds, that does not make you a business owner. That does not make you an entrepreneur and that does not make you a CEO. And I always like to tell people that if you're looking to do something or follow in the steps of what I've done or do anything even related to influencing or social media, you number one need to do it because you're trying to impact someone or something and go into it with no expectations. And number two, 
you really want to know that this is not the end game. I mean, I have built a business off of this, but this is not my, how I have evolved my company and brand is not common. Uh, so I always like to say second on top of making sure that you have some type of purpose is if you solely want to post pictures on Instagram or just have a blog, what happens then in 10 years, right? Say they take Instagram away or there's a new platform. Are you as obsessed with it where you're like, I will continue to do this regardless of what these platforms become? Or when I ask you that question, does it make you almost a little bit lazy to like, eh, that seems like a little bit too much work? Because if you're on the ladder, then please do something else for a career because this is way too difficult. <laughs> That's fantastic. And it's amazing to me how much you've learned already. Your, um, your final point, which is my favorite as a former journalist, is to start journaling. Um, how, how do you, and just to write everything down, how do you journal? Do you journal on your phone? Do you do pen to paper? How do you do it? When I was growing up, I always had a journal by my bed. And I think that when you ask, I, I forgot to mention that point about entrepreneurship. I truly think that some people are born to be entrepreneurs, but I really also think that on top of that, a lot of people go through different jobs or opportunities years down the line. And that's when they end up pursuing that entrepreneurial path. Uh, but I, I was the kid that always had a journal by my side. I always loved to write and had ideas. Now I have one that I actually have two. I have one more that's like a personal journal. I'm really kind of bad at writing in it. Like after I have my weekly therapy session, I remind myself to write in it and then I won't for like seven more days. But then I have my day-to-day -day work journal that's always being filled up. I mean, that's even, I put like pretty much everything in it. I'm not, I don't know how you are, Tracy, but I'm not the kind of person that loves writing on my notes. Like I like to know everyone who owes me money in a, in a hard copy journal. I like to know all the brands that I'm working with all the podcast episodes coming up all in, all in the hard copy of the journal. And then I have uh, sticky notes that like, you know, the tabs kind of show me what, what I need to remember on each day. It's funny because I think it's like, it's still really personal way of keeping your life organized. I have an old school notebook. I write, you know, what I don't finish yesterday. I turn, I start the next page at the top with, I carry things over. My kids use the stickies on their laptop. I don't even know how to do that quite frankly, but I think it's just a matter of, I don't care how you do it. Get your thoughts down, keep yourself organized, and don't and don't let them slide. If you have an idea, right? Go get figure out how to start to germinate it. Yeah, and the thing that people need to remember about pursuing anything is just because it isn't working out initially or just because it's too complicated doesn't mean that it's not worth pursuing. When I look back at this summit program that I started, I seriously thought about this for a year and it never worked out. And then I randomly met someone in person who I pitched this Be Fearless Summit to back in 2018. And, and I had pretty much given up on the idea at the time, but I always do like to tell, especially aspiring entrepreneurs, if you are thinking about something for six to eight months, and it is just almost like this kind of like little... Um, buzzing in the back of your head, then that's the idea to pursue. So if you find that drive, and even if you haven't started pursuing it yet, but you've got that like little, you know, it's, it pops up when you wake up, whatever this idea is, and it's there when you go to bed, find some type of way to pursue that, whether that is even making a small business plan, et cetera, just do it. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but at least you can say that you tried. You know, it's so fascinating you say that. And again, I, you're like, you truly are, you're like an old soul. I feel like you know more than I do after your brief stint on this planet. But I wanted to get into financial advisory work my entire working career. 
and I and I hit these roadblocks along the way, but you're it just kept coming up. And it wasn't until I actually said, I got I just have to do this that I felt like a, a weight was lifted off my shoulders kind of because something inside of me wanted this and I was finding maybe it was subconscious. I was finding ways around it or I'm not sure really at the end of the day. It's probably fodder for my next book. But I do think that we don't pay attention enough to that inner voice. I agree. And that inner voice sometimes can be your biggest critic. So a lot of times yeah, I mean, it's not true. common that you're not believing your inner, your, your, your most important voice because of the fact that it's telling you don't do something. It's always looking out for you in a sense or making sure that you're proceeding in the right path. But quite often, if you just tell your voice sometimes to shut up a little bit, that, that voice <laughs> telling you not to do something, I'm telling you, you'll be so, so happy that you didn't listen to whatever it is that your mind might be trying to prevent you from doing and just go for it. I love this because this is like, and I love what you said in the beginning, being fearless is not skydiving. Although if it is, you know, if that's your thing, go for it. But it's almost about taking chances in a really organized way. And it's not haphazard and it's not, you know, fly by the seat of your pants. It's very purposeful what you're saying. You're saying take chances, but, but think through it logically. And much like you got to the summit, which I, I hope as we wrap up here, one, you tell us about the summit and then also tell us who your audience is, who, who I could, we could direct you to, like who should be checking in on your website. Give us, give us all that skinny now too. So the Be Fearless Summit is an idea that I had after I was speaking at a lot of different conferences and realized back in 2018, 2019, every time I would walk away from one of these conferences surrounded by incredibly powerful women all older than me, that I just never felt like I was walking away with what someone my age would need. And so I had the idea, like I mentioned earlier, to create something similar to one of these big women's conferences. I came up with the name, the Be Fearless Summit. This literally was just an idea. Like I wrote it down. It wasn't even, again, like similar to it seems like everything I do. It wasn't even something I was expecting to make money off of or pursue. And I got rejected by every single college in America for that whole year. And in that December, I was speaking at another college, not another college, sorry, the um the Philadelphia conference for women. And I ran into someone who had a booth at Rexel and I pitched her the idea right then and there. And I remember saying to her, I, I, yeah, I have this idea. I'm an entrepreneur. No one is saying yes, but like, if you want it, I'm happy to bring it. And she was like, yes, we want it. Like, can we take a meeting next week? So I remember I drove, I think from, I was in Boston at the time or something from Boston to um, Philadelphia and had another meeting with them. And then they said, yes. So we hosted the first one in March of 2019 at Drexel in person. And then now we've moved to virtually. So the last one was with UC Berkeley in September. We have a Vanderbilt one in May, actually next week. And then one with um, the University of Connecticut, hopefully our first back in person conference in September. That's amazing. And so who is your audience? Who should be checking your site out and your blog and your Insta on a regular basis? My ideal audience, and I think that everyone who follows me is really those people like me, the young adult working professional, either just getting out of high school and entering college or even closer towards finishing college and getting that dream job. I think of myself like I am the brand. So I everything that I go through and deal with, I talk about very often authentically and organically and honestly. So that's everything from body image to like sex ed to mental health. And so because it's almost like a 
everything that I do is almost like a journal in my daily life. I think the people who follow me are certainly very similar to like my age and that demographic. Uh, but I also have a very strong following of parents from the show that I had on Radio Disney. So it's pretty unique because you definitely don't see a lot of these influencers and more like online personalities having that following of parents. But I'm very lucky to know that they're there. Well, and I love that as a parent, because, you know, getting an insight into what goes on in your world gives me an insight as to what goes on in my child's world. So it's really, it's actually very smart parenting that, um, that, you know, parents are hopping on. I, I, I'm blown away at how many times you said influencer, that that is actually a viable career for someone <laughs> or that, or that the generations growing up think it is a viable career. I, I suppose it is for some, but it's just, I can't imagine aspiring in life to be one. No, Tracy, it is a, it is not a viable career. And I <laughs> think that more people like yourself need to come out and say that again, being an influencer does not make you a CEO. It does not make you a business owner and it does not make you an entrepreneur. If you can do what I've done. And I mean, perhaps I'm am I sounding like narcissistic about this? I hope not. But if it's being portrayed that the reason that I'm saying that is because if you take all of these social media platforms away, I still run my company. And that again is what I'm trying to preach to these young people is you're either an entrepreneur or you're not. It is not something that like most people, you know, can, can handle. And a lot of these influencers and people who have gotten this viral fame, how it's transpired is they posted that video, got very famous. Someone in Hollywood saw it, called them and was like, we're going to make you money. You don't do anything besides look hot and post. And they're not, again, a business owner. Someone's doing all that back end work. Uh, so, you know, if you're really looking to do it, you need to realize that, especially for the actual business side of things, that takes years to grow and a lot of hard work and you won't have a team at the beginning. I, I think the whole uh, your whole generation should watch you, listen to you, follow you. It's Life Unfiltered with Alexis Curtis, lifeunfilteredwithalexa.com. Everyone should check it out. I can't thank you enough for taking the time to share your story, to be so honest, and for really being a solid role model for your generation because there needs to be more of you um, because this notion that people want to be influencers just confuses me. Thank you so much, Alexa. <laughs> Thank you. You are such a gem. I'm so truly inspired by you and so honored to have been on your show today. This presentation is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be relied upon as investment advice or the basis for making any investment decisions. Neither UBS Financial Services, Inc. nor any of its employees provide tax or legal advice. You should consult with your personal tax or legal advisor regarding your personal circumstances. In providing wealth management services to clients, we offer both investment advisory and brokerage services, which are separate and distinct and differ in material ways. For information, including the different laws and contracts that govern, visit UBS.com forward slash working with us. UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG, member FINRA, SIPC.